Hey podcast, in this week's episode, which is part one of a webinar that Travis gave to a small group of financial experts and attorneys in the financial sector recently, Travis provides the newest and most up-to-date information of what we know on how to keep your PPP forgivable. This is the newest version of Forgive and Forget, the divine details of PPP forgiveness. Now, here's Travis. Hey podcast listeners, before we get started, if the IRS is freaking you out right now and you want to do something about it, you can call me at 833-243-5455 and set up a free 30-minute consultation or log on to watkinspodcast.com. I've got a short letter on that no frills page. It'll take you about 90 seconds to read. And if you like what I'm saying, you might want to consider becoming a client. And if not, hey, no big deal. Keep listening and subscribe to this podcast so you can keep hearing the free content on how you can fix your tax problem today. So if you owe the IRS, you may have noticed that they have been pretty active lately filing a bunch of liens, and this is the IRS's way of letting the world know that you have a tax problem. These liens are also pretty nasty if you're trying to sell your home or refi to a lower interest rate. It's a pretty extreme measure at the IRS, and it means they want all the money that you owe them, and they want it right now. But there are a few things you can do to get these things lifted short of paying everything that you owe right now. For example, if you owe less than $25,000, a tax professional may be able to get these lifted in about 90 days. If you owe more than $25,000, there are things like the IRS's Offer and Compromise Settlement Program that gets them off once they accept that. Now, we've helped thousands of taxpayers in an IRS mess, so we can probably help you out here too. We can help you out in all 50 states. So if you have a tax problem, I again encourage you to call me at 833-243-5455 or log on to watkinspodcast.com and set up a time there to talk to one of our tax experts about getting some help today. Now, back to your podcast. IRS problems are scary, but they don't have to be. Travis Watkins has been helping troubled taxpayers with customized plans to negotiate with the IRS and stop immediate threats to their livelihood so they can get a good night's sleep again since 1999. Now, here's Travis. So without further ado, uh, this is Forgive and Forget, the divine details of Paycheck Protection Program Forgiveness. I am Travis Watkins. I'm a tax attorney. We deal primarily with IRS resolution work, but when the uh, coronavirus um, started making things tough, we quickly pivoted to helping clients with Paycheck Protection Program assistance, as well as the Economic Impact Disaster Loan, the EIDL loan, that we'll also talk a little bit about here today. So that's kind of our background on this. If you have questions down the road, we're going to go ahead and send you a uh, an evergreen, if you will, link to this video if you want to come back and reference it again or if you have further questions. Uh, uh, there's the number there, 405-369-7724 or pppforgiven.com will also get you there. All right. Um, let's see here. All right. Uh, the housekeeping matters here beyond what we've already talked about. I'm assuming in this webinar that you want your PPP loan to be 100% forgivable or your client's PPP loan if they come to you with uh, this financial assistance, that you want this to be 100% forgivable. 
Um, so that's kind of the lens that we're looking through in this webinar. The rules are quickly changing. That's my disclaimer here. I should have called this thing how sausage gets made because there are rules and regulations coming out um, every minute on this thing. Uh, for instance, my my bank, I got a PPP loan myself, and my bank sent me an email yesterday saying, um, sorry, we're not even taking forgiveness packets at this point because the the environment is so volatile right now as far as uh, the rules and, and the ever-changing regulations on this. So they were punting, <laughs> as I'm sure uh, many banks will do for the next uh, few days or so before opening this up to um, PPP forgiveness applications. A lot of people are, you know, halfway or more through their PPP uh, covered period, so um, that can present some real problems here. Uh, again, this disclaimer, it's very messy, lots of changing rules in real time. We're hoping to get more guidance by June the 30th on this, um, and we'll, we'll try to hit everything that we know about this very quickly uh, as far as what has changed since I set up this uh, webinar and had it approved by the uh, Oklahoma Bar Association, things have changed even more. So I'll try to point those things out as, uh, as we move along here. Hey, podcast. In the mad rush to get PPP, few people worried about the nuances of forgiveness. Now we're at about the halfway point of the eight-week covered period following loan funding for most of us. And I want to ask you, are you spending the money correctly? More importantly, are you tracking the money correctly? Right now, we're offering a flat fee package of $997 to audit your PPP expenditures and, most importantly, help you prepare the bank forgiveness packet at the end of the covered period. I sincerely believe that having lawyers back up the packet will help you if the bank disagrees with you about some forgiveness point. Banks are still going to be confused on this stuff over the next few months when it comes time for loan forgiveness packet review. They'll likely side with you if you're represented by PPP experts like us. Call us right now at 833-243-5455 or log on to pppforgiven.com dot com to set up a time to talk to us about this extremely valuable package before the covered period ends. Now back to your podcast. So um, May 15th of 2020, the loan forgiveness application was issued by the Treasury. A lot of you may not know that. There is an actual form, and we included that in your packet here so that you can uh, see what they're going to be asking of you or your client. And uh, as I mentioned, since a lot of folks are already through their, uh, at least halfway through their PPP uh, loan program, um, we're hoping that we get to some of this information while you still have some time to plan uh, and, and maybe make some adjustments. That's what we recommend, of course, is that you uh, start kind of drafting this out so that you can see kind of where you are and where you need to be by the end of the covered period, that's 56 days uh, from the time of uh, funding. Uh, quick history of PPP, as part of the $2.2 billion CARES Act, the first round of PPP, there's been two of them, was $349 billion. Then surprise, April the 16th of 2020, they ran out of money, and that uh, caused everybody to collectively gasp 
but have no fear, it was reloaded on April the 25th to the tune of $310 billion, and it was a disastrous start. Um, there is still PPP money available, as we understand it. It's uh, slowed down significantly. In other words, if you or a client have not already received PPP, it's not too late to do that. Um, we don't, we've heard ruminations of possibly there being a second round, but I don't know that would be feasible since the, the first uh, two rounds are still not completely out of money at this point. Uh, the purpose of the Paycheck Protection Program, this is a good starting point. Uh, the filter that we need to look through for all the answers to the questions that we have concerning PPP and forgiveness is the purpose is to protect your employees and their paychecks. That means headcount of employees and the rate of pay of employees. And uh, someone asked, am I just an extension of the state's unemployment office given that purpose? And the answer is absolutely yes. The PPP was intended to keep business employees employed and paid. If the business is not open and the business's PPP has been funded, employees will need uh, to be paid even if they're not able to work to ensure maximum forgiveness of the loan. As I think FDR's New Deal, if, you, if you're not open, for instance, uh, restaurant industry is a big one for this. You still need to pay employees to, I say, go ahead and just uh, prepare for reopening, um, which a lot of businesses have already uh, started to do, but infrastructure type work to, you know, keep, keep people employed and keep them paid. Or the alternative is to give that money back to uh, make sure that you don't owe on that. All right. Uh, question, can I terminate employees once my covered period? And we'll talk a little more about what covered period means. For purposes of this, this is just the eight weeks after funding of the PPP loan is over. And the answer is yes, you could do that. Um, you just have to maintain uh, headcount and rates of pay of the existing employees. But once the covered period is over, all hands, uh, all gloves are off and you're free to uh, do what is most financially feasible. Question, is it a loan or is it a grant? It was kind of pitched to us like this free grant and uh, it was just going to be free money. That's kind of a, a misnomer because if you'll recall, you signed some promissory notes in order to get this uh, PPP money. So it is a loan. It's a two-year loan, 24-month uh, term at 1% interest that may act as a 100% forgivable grant. You'll see in the parenthesis there, I say that you really only have 18 months to pay it back because there's an automatic six-month deferral uh, of any payments on this from the time that you received your PPP loan. So it's really 18 months. It is fairly aggressive, especially for a business that uh, has already told uh, its bank and the SBA that uh, circumstances were such that uh, economic disaster was foreseeable. And uh, so paying this back at 1% over that short term can still be a very aggressive thing. 
Question, beyond the obvious, why is forgiveness important to me and my clients? Answer, the Beneficent, that's the SBA and other related agencies, including the Internal Revenue Service, can become the tormentor. And what I mean by that is the SBA or, and or the IRS uh, has already talked about audits. Uh, we know about the automatic audit for anyone who received $2 million dollars or more in PPP loan funds. Uh, there's also going to be random audits. They're already telling us about this in the forgiveness packet, and we'll kind of be going back and forth with that um, as we move through this. But uh, new guidance says SBA can pick up any PPP uh, application or forgiveness application and evaluate it for three things, uh, borrower eligibility, uh, loan amount and use of proceeds, uh, and they can also evaluate or audit for loan forgiveness. All right, so three things where you may see the SBA and or the IRS uh, later down the road. Um, for the meantime, for pur purposes of the forgiveness of this loan, you're just gonna be dealing <clears throat> primarily with, with the bank that gave you the loan in the first place, okay? Question, this one has come up a lot with clients and even uh, in, in preparation for this webinar, is it a taxable uh, amount? And the, the loan itself is not taxable as business income, but watch out. The IRS <clears throat> has already sent us out a notice that they are going to deny deductions for things that you are allowed to use your PPP money on. <clears throat> that means uh, deductions for rent, deductions for wages, utilities. Um, that is not overly surprising that they would <clears throat> deny us those deductions. It kind of makes sense that they wouldn't be <clears throat> giving us uh, money and then a tax uh, deduction for that same expense. My question, and I don't necessarily have an answer for this at this point, is uh, how are they going to enforce that other than audits? Um, that one is to be determined. So you got yourself a Paycheck Protection Program loan. Congratulations. There was a big uh, rush as we mentioned at the beginning, to get these things. Uh, nobody cared nearly as much about how to make it forgivable as they did getting the money in the first place. But uh, you've got it now, presumably. Now what do you do? And as I mentioned, it can all be forgiven, possibly including interest, but you have to spend all of it correctly. And when I say possibly including interest, remember there's a six-month period here of loan deferral between the time you get the loan and the time you have to make your first payment on this. But what happens in between that, that time there? Is there going to be, there will be interest, of course, accruing uh, during that time. Will you have to pay that back? Um, I've seen conflicting answers on that issue. The SBA has said um, definitively that uh, you can have all principal and interest uh, forgiven. Okay. So now you have eight weeks. That's the covered period. We'll refer to that um, a lot 
here today to spend all of that loan money on three, really four things. Number one, payroll costs. Number two, utilities that were under contract as of February the 15th of 2020. And three, rent, I say slash mortgage interest. Usually it's one or the other. If you rent or if you own your business location, you can't write off the principal, but you can write off the mortgage interest in this process. Uh, or not write off, but pay with PPP funds. Question, my business has been under a government mandated shutdown during these eight weeks. Will the covered period be extended to accommodate this reality? Answer, maybe uh, as of May 29, 2020, this has not happened, but the Senate may at least double the covered period to 16 weeks, possibly up to 24 weeks. That causes a big problem for those businesses that have already received their uh, money and the eight weeks is tolling. We first started these April 3rd, so moving that forward 56 days, that's on or about uh, June the 3rd. And with banks like mine that aren't even accepting the applications yet, boy, what a mess this can be. Um, my, my big question for this, if they do uh, say restaurants are, are the ones that really got hit with this, or salons, things like that that got um, their, their covered period was running while they were uh, governmentally mandated to be shut down. That's really not fair. However, what about us lawyers that were deemed essential, quote unquote, by the state? Um, will there be some uh, exclusion there for businesses that weren't mandated to be shut down? Unknown. Uh, general rule for PPP. Uh, this is the biggest picture possible. 75% must be spent on payroll. That is a floor. That means you must at least, at this point anyway, spend at least 75% on payroll. 25% and not any more at this moment must be, uh, can be spent on non-payroll items. That's rent, utilities, mortgage interest, etc. Now, as I mentioned, Congress may expand uh, both the covered period and they're talking about expanding that 25% non-payroll ceiling uh, to be determined. There may be a Senate uh, uh, vote on this as early as next week. Um, I don't know. Question, at this point, can I exceed 75% on the payroll? Yes, you can and you should. There is nothing holding you back from using 100% on, of this on payroll expense um, if you have that. Um, it just has to be a minimum at this point of 75%. All right, here's the covered period. Um, the way this started was they said it starts the minute that you get funded on your PPP loan. So eight weeks or 56 days from uh, the time you received your, your PPP, you had to um, start spending your money. However, update, when they gave us the forgiveness package, they gave us a, a, a nice little gift here. Um, there is an alternative CP or covered period. They're saying now to correspond with the first payroll. So in other words, instead of running your eight weeks from the moment that you received your PPP, you can move that covered period date, those eight weeks back to your first payroll date, which will uh, help tremendously. So that's the alternative covered period or alternative CP, ACP, sometimes in, in the slides that I am referring to. 
Um, the forgiveness calculations for payroll costs. This is what everybody wants to know, of course. What's in pay? What what are payroll costs? And uh, CARES Act says that the calculation for eligibility that your bank performed is really essentially the same way that they'll calculate payroll costs in the forgiveness stuff. So everybody remembers the eligibility requirements for that, I'm sure. But if you don't, we'll go over them here real quick. Here they are. Payroll cost methods review refresher in case it was all a blur in the application process. Payroll costs are calculated on a gross basis without regard to federal taxes imposed or withheld, including FICA and Medicare. Payroll costs are not reduced by taxes imposed on an employee and are not increased by the employer's share of payroll taxes. That's a very important thing. Lots of questions coming up about that. Well, what what's in it and what's, what's out? Uh, FICA is included uh, for... Uh, what you're withholding on your employees, that's uh, half the Medicare, half the Social Security. Um, you don't get to uh, include your share as the employer of the payroll taxes. That's the other half of Medicare, the other half of Social Security, and 100% of the federal unemployment tax. Okay, so that part's out. Payroll costs consist of compensation to employees, including salary, wages, commissions, or similar compensation cash tips or the equivalent, payment for leave, allowance for separation or dismissal, payment for employee benefits including group health and insurance premiums, retirement contributions, payment of state and local taxes assessed on the compensation of employees, all right? Big update here in a lot of questions revolving around this. May the 22nd, they said uh, bonuses for employees this is the kicker, who make less than $100,000 per year can be included as a payroll cost. That's huge because if you're coming up short on spending this on payroll, you can and probably should bonus your employees, okay? Those ones, uh, not the high earners. Uh, we'll talk about them in a minute, but uh, bonuses are in. Uh, the way that they, your bank calculated, they, they took all those um, payroll costs, divided it by 12, multiplied it by 2.5, and that's how you got your PPP in case you were uh, wondering or not completely involved in that process. Exclusions to payroll costs. You cannot include the compensation of an employee whose principal place of residence is outside the U.S., the compensation of an individual employee, not the employee himself, in excess of an annual salary of $100,000. So a lot of people were wondering on the way in, well, if I pay somebody over $100,000, do I take them completely out of the calculation? The answer was no, they were just capped at $100,000. Same deal here. The payments out using PPP proceeds capped at $100,000, and we'll show you here exactly how that's going to work. Uh, other exclusions, if the borrower took credits under the Family's First Coronavirus Response Act for sick and family, medical, uh, family leave wages, these costs are excluded. They don't include payments to independent contractors. Uh, everybody probably knows that by now. Independent contractors, they said, were able to apply for their own PPP funding, so our, our independent contractors, at least at this point in time, can't pay them like you would employees. Uh, the forgiveness packet terms, um, this might be a good time, I'll, I'll show you this in just a second. 
Uh, it breaks this down, the payroll costs, into two sections. Cash compensation, that's what it means. Cash, everything but like insurance benefits, essentially, okay? So it's, there's a section on here, a worksheet that asks for cash compensation to everybody, all right? Uh, for each individual employee, they're going to ask, how much did you pay him during the covered period or the alternative covered period? Uh, total amount of cash compensation eligible for forgiveness may not an, exceed an annual salary of 100 grand, as I mentioned, as prorated for that covered period. Therefore, don't enter more than $15,385 for any employee. Okay, that's, that's big. Your cap on any individual employee is that $15,385, and that's for, if you're interested, they uh, took 100 grand, divided it by 52 weeks times eight, and that's that 15385 The other part of payroll costs is this separate portion on the, um, on the sheet called uh, non-cash compensation. And that's uh, your employee health insurance, employer contribution to employee retirement plans, employer state and local taxes assessed on employee compensation. And it doesn't matter how much the employee made for this part of it. So back to the, uh, to the last slide, you're capped at 15385 on cash to any, any uh, individual employee. It doesn't matter if they made 100 grand or more when it comes time to go ahead and list the non-cash compensation. So... By the way, th that was the exact same calculation on the way in to getting your PPP uh, than it is uh, on spending the loan proceeds. 